pleased to welcome in to the studio Dr. Daryl Lanus, uh, masked up as he comes in. We appreciate that. Dr. D, I gave a, a brief introduction uh, the last segment, uh, just telling Garrett uh, a little bit of your past. How many years with Baylor Athletics? Was it 19 or 19. 17? 19, 19 with yeah. Baylor Athletics. And, and I told 17, Garrett. 17 in the academic side. And 17 on campus. Mm-hmm. But I told Garrett, basically, you were the athletic marketing staff for mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, really, till I started there working with you. Yeah, I, 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 was about, I came as a basketball coach. Right. Uh, and then when life changed there, <laughs> uh, one of the great gentlemen in my life, a guy named Skip Cox, he, he knew that I, you know, was basically, as was termed to me, not rehired as a basketball <laughs> coach. <laughs> right. Uh, moved me in and said he wanted to do some things in marketing. And I said, okay, I've never been a marketer, but uh, he offered me an opportunity. And and uh, so I said, yeah. And so I started uh, uh, full-time in, in uh, January of 86 and kind of started the marketing side and then got into the sponsorship side and then got into... I think car program, everything else that they yeah, could hand to me, right. I think they handed me at that time, and it was kind of a crazy operation. And uh, think about this: if if Skip hadn't opened that up for you, if you hadn't had that idea, wh- which direction would you have gone? Would you have tra- stayed in coaching and gone somewhere else, or what do you think? John, I wasn't necessarily ready to get out of coaching. Mm-hmm. I didn't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had I had transversed the whole coaching scene from high school to small college, Division two, Division one, and I just was ready to be a, a, a division one basketball coach but i had a family and i was here actually working on my doctor's degree at the time and so i had another year to go in my doctor's degree and and uh so skip just said well in the meantime do you want to do this yeah you know and so i said okay i'll try it I'll, all the while i was looking for another coaching job yeah <laughs> uh but it it just worked out that it, I, I kind of enjoyed it it let me stay home a little bit more with my girls that were growing up at the time so it just worked out, and God has a plan for everybody's life, and it just kind of worked that way. Wow. How about that? Great family. Uh, your wife is Wanda. Val, Vonda, and Vanessa mm-hmm. uh, are your three daughters, and we've, all, we've watched them grow up here yeah. in Waco. So when you started from humble beginnings selling in the athletics, was it game program ads? Was that the first thing you did? John, I was 40 years old going door-to-door. <laughs> Said, hey, you want to buy an ad in the football? <laughs> That's it, right? You know? And it was knocking on doors, and I'll never forget. You know, uh, the first guy that really gave me time and taught me some things was a gentleman by David, named by David Coleman, who hmm. worked for uh, Dean McNeil or Dan McNeil's Dairy Queens. Nah, he was the marketing Dan's guy. Dairy Queens. And he yep. said, "I'll take the back of all the schedule cards." Wow! And that was my first big sale. So that kind of got me hooked, right, in the whole deal. But uh, that goes that goes way back to a number <laughs> of years ago, but yeah, it was just going selling football program ads, you know, because we at that point we had outsourced that, and sports information people did that. Yep. Sports information, uh, Maxie Parrish, Terry Tacker, those guys sold the, the the program ads. Well, they didn't want to do it either. Right, they were, they were <laughs> right. Sales guys. So all of a sudden, hey, you want to do that? I said okay, and we were currently at that time doing. I remember the number. Skip said, well, we get 25000 bucks for our rights. Well, you want to do it? And I said, okay. He said, I think we can do 300000 I said, Skip, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, where are you going to get that from? And so we just started with, with the back of schedule cards. Then we went to some signs. And then we built a program uh, for different levels of corporate partners, green, gold, and diamond. And one thing led to another, and it just grew from there. So it was yeah. kind of fun to build. Wow. I, I mean, and you built it from, from nothing, from yeah. ground zero. You really did. Yeah. And look where it is now. I know. I, I told Garrett, you, sh- you've got a, you should have a book in you. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> could write a book about everything that you uh, you did with athletics and then 
transferred uh, to campus teaching right. in the S3 program. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was time for me to transition. Not many people, John, get to go and teach what they did. So that's really the joy for me is is just the kind of uh, telling young people and, and that you can do this too and giving them a little bit of my story, but teaching them some of the sales principles, how to build relationships. In those years, John, and as you know, because you sold with me, that we built a lot of good relationships. Yeah. We were relationship sales. We at times didn't have very good teams to sell. <laughs> <laughs> right. Strong relationships. Strong relationships. <laughs> so people and corporations bought because we were Baylor and because of relationships, uh, not because we were giving them this great exposures to huge crowds and national championship teams. And didn't you uh, didn't you build some relationships there that that last to this day? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Pepper, of course, as most people know, were the anchor, one of the anchors for us and, and, and Jim Turner at that point, who was a former basketball player here and had Dr. Pepper Bottling Company in Texas. His marketing uh, leader was a guy named Bill Spicer. And Bill Spicer and I remain friends today. In fact, I bought Bill on the board of our S3 program. And Bill and I talk even to this day. And, uh, of course, I, I think a guy that we all know and, and, and love is a guy named John Fletcher who, <laughs> who helped with a lot of the things we did and kind of helped us with some of the promotions that we did. But uh, Linda Carrier Metz from Pizza Hut uh, actually spoke to my class last Friday. Oh, cool. Uh, so a number of people that I, that I worked with over those years have become partners with us in, even in our program and, and the academic side uh, because it is a sports program. It is about selling partnerships and have those people come in and talk. But again, it's the relationship side of things that really matter. Tell everybody who doesn't know uh, about the S3 program. Y- y'all really, you really started that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, again, it's another thing that we just started from scratch. And it really it had its genesis, John, in the fact that we had so many young people that would come out to the stadium and come out to, at that point, Floyd Casey and say, you know, I want to work in sports. I don't know how to do it. And I'd say, well, does your dad or mom own a team? Well, that's the easiest way to get into sports. But <laughs> right. if they don't own a team, then really didn't know how. So... What we looked at was things that where do you get into the sports industry and uh, sat down with a gentleman that came in from Ole Miss, uh, came in as chairman of the marketing department. Uh, he had an, a passion for sports as well. And Kirk Wakefield and I uh, sat down and, <clears throat> and we didn't want to do the standard sports marketing because we had already done some homework on that and we found that not many of those people get jobs. Hmm. There's not many sports marketing people in a professional team. There's three or four, and they don't leave. So we went around and went to nine different franchises, nine different professional teams in Texas, and said, okay, where do you start people? And they all said the same thing. We start people in ticket sales. we got to sell tickets. And so we said, if we start a program, will you guarantee us interviews and possibly hires? And they said, oh, yeah, we don't have anybody doing that. Wow. So it was really the, the marketplace who told us that here's what we want you to produce. And so we b- brought together an advisory board of professional executives from professional sports teams that, to kind of guide our curriculum, to, to establish what we're, how we're going to sell, what we were going to sell. And so we basically started, and fortunately at that time, we had a very innovative president by the name of Robert Sloan who was looking for some unique programs. And S3 was a program that was nowhere else in the country. We were the only school in America that had a professional uh, major in sports sales Lots of sports administration, lots of sports marketing and management, but nothing that would really emphasize sports selling. Mm-hmm. So we became very popular really fast, and we placed 100% of our kids until this last spring. Uh, this year this year has been a yeah. difficult time. <laughs> Asterisk on uh, this year. Asterisk on this year, but it's been, a, and I think, that as I said to somebody else, not in an arrogant way, but I don't think there's a professional sports office of any league or any team in America 
that has not heard of the Baylor S3 program. Wow, that's yeah. great. That's a great program. Yeah. It really is. I got to visit your class here yeah. back in September, and uh, uh, they are so engaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you can tell that's their passion, and they're taking advantage of what you teach in the class, plus mm-hmm. the connections yeah. that lead to internships and, and more often than not, probably jobs. That's right. It's the network that we build. Yeah. I think that's it. We've now had, like I said, uh, 14 years of graduates. Our first graduates were 2006, and now we have vice presidents of teams. Nice. Uh, and internships are almost guaranteed if in a regular year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and jobs, we like I said, we've had more than anything. We probably have multi- kids have more decision about which job to take than if they're going to take a job because their kids are highly sought after because of the training and the hands-on stuff. We actually work with Baylor Athletics in a lot of ways in the analytics side as well as the ticket sales side. Uh, so they get some real hands-on experience. So have any other schools reached out to you all about starting their own similar program? Yes, yes. Uh, there have been some schools on the East Coast. I've, I've counseled with a, a guy named David Paracone at American University, I think, is, is a school, but he's asked us about it. Uh, a lot of schools, Garrett, have a maybe an emphasis on sports sales, maybe mm-hmm. a class or two. Right. The difference is ours is a, was a full-fledged major in the School of Business, uh, and nobody has that yet. Ohio University has a great sports uh, master's degree in sports but yeah other schools are starting to look at it but they're putting uh, a they're calling it a sales certification mm-hmm. not a sales mm-hmm. major so giving them some sales classes but yes they realize that's where the jobs are is that most teams will start somebody in ticket sales so when you're looking we talked about right now the the asterisk with this year has there ever been another year that comes similar to where it's been you know, difficult for people to go on and find jobs? No, Garrett. This, our, like I said, we have had no problems placing every one of our kids in past years until this year. And then, and all the kids this year, all the seniors had mm-hmm. jobs. They That's were good. all then put on hold or furloughed and right. said, we'll hire you when we can. Uh, and what we're telling them is just survive. <laughs> yeah. Go do retail. Go do something that you can just survive. And don't sit around and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we think sports will come back. It may look different. It may be There may be more remote sales than there's ever been and maybe selling more from your, from your house i mean even the spurs now uh do remote sales and they so it's going to look a little bit different in the sports selling world but i think that they'll have eventually get jobs again right but it's going to take a while maybe another year it might be next summer before we really open up this thing how does sales change with the more teams going to like a digital platform instead of traditional ticket like how did that was there an impact at all oh yeah digital selling is critical right now i mean that's uh, the, the key here has been, Garrett, is that over the years, the secondary markets, the the uh, the uh, StubHub, StubHub's, right. City. all those, and and, and all uh, used to be used to be enemies of the sports teams. Mm-hmm. What the sports team realizes is, don't fight them, join us, and so they bring those secondary parties inside their their websites, so that if you want to resell your tickets or you want to buy tickets, you can go to the Texas Rangers website and use StubHub to buy your tickets. And the key to all that is data gathering. You know, in the past, when you bought a ticket through the secondary market, you didn't gather any of the information. Uh, now they're saying, we want the names of the people that are buying because we're all in a database world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's huge. And then we can use that to sell to them digitally and market to them digitally. But digital selling and digital connecting is where it's at right now. So with, with sports gambling being legalized last year, did that open up another avenue for more connections, or did, what was the impact with there? Well, it, it really hasn't affected the teams much right. yet. Uh, I don't see that as an effect on our program at this point. Uh, I think that what it does is opens up the sponsorship side mm-hmm. to now, you know, leagues can sell a sponsorship to a gambling entity 
uh, like MGM or you can sell it to the fantasy sports teams. You can now gain more revenue. Uh, and I think people that now can, they'll, they'll create things on the video boards where you can actually bet in the stands mm -hmm. or gamble in the stands on, on, on platforms. So I think it has more to do with the sponsorship side right. of sales because you have more, you can now take, and there's dollars. The gambling industry has many dollars they want to spend uh, that they can spend now in a sports program. Fascinating. Dr. Darrell Lanus is with us, uh, retiring uh, the end of this semester from yes. Baylor. What are you going to do? I mean, you, you think you might take up golf? Have you ever tried golf? <laughs> <laughs> well, you better ask my wife that question, yeah. John, because, uh, yes. Uh, Darrell's an avid golfer. I'm a passionate golfer. For many, many years, yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, during, during COVID, during uh, shutdown, the golf courses were termed an essential activity, which <laughs> right. I totally agree with. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was playing four days a week during uh -huh. that, and, and I probably will, will pretty much stay at three days a week. And, and uh, we have a group of guys, and we're pretty impressed what's going on out at Bear Ridge right now as well. I've with, heard. It's good things. With the, with the change in ownership there and yeah. with the, the, the quality of the course being so good. But we've... Cottonwood has been a great course for us, so we've been able to play. And we're going to travel a little bit, John. I've got, uh, again, S3 Connections, got a young man that works for the PGA, works for the uh, PGA of America, and he works out of Ponder Vita, Florida. Oh, nice. He says, come and we'll play TPC Sawgrass. Nice. We'll play, play the championship. So I'm going to make a trip to Florida and play yeah. TPC Sawgrass. Nice. And, and that's, uh, but we'll make some, we'll make some trips and, and get around a little bit. All right, in, in the couple minutes that we have left, in your time in athletic marketing at Baylor, 19 years doing that. So you did uh, you did the sales, yes, but you also did the promotions, everything promotion-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, Garrett, uh, Paul Bradshaw, and Daryl and I were talking in the parking, parking lot yesterday of our building, and one of the first things that came up was no, no, names, no names, but you had a person that was recommended to you to mm -hmm. sing the national anthem prior to a big basketball game. It was Baylor, Texas. Mm -hmm. And and you said, okay, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. And you take the story from there. Well, the background is is that I always had used Baylor vocal performance majors. Right. We can always count on the talent that's in the music school at Baylor. They can sing a cappella. They don't need a band to play. They come out and sing. Guys like David Phelps used to sing our anthem and so forth. So I never varied from that because I always knew what I was getting. But I got, I had an influencer in the town who I knew that came around and said, you've got to use this young lady. You've got to <laughs> use this young She's really, really great. And so I finally relented and agreed to let her sing the anthem. Uh, and it happened to be for the Baylor-Texas game on national television at 12 noon on a Saturday, okay? So, I mean, as, as you guys know, and as people in the audience probably know, that there's a very scripted part of the game called the pregame that, <laughs> you know, the teams then left the floor at maybe 10, nine mm -hmm. minutes left on the clock. They'd go to the locker room for their final preparation. And in that time period, television wants you to play the anthem while they take a break because they don't want the anthem on TV. So you got about a three-minute window to sing the anthem and then, before television comes back, and the teams come back on the floor in about mm -hmm. three minutes. So we had that all scripted out. So she starts singing the national anthem at the proper mark, about the eight-minute mark, and she sings the anthem, and she's good. She sings a great, she does a great job. She sings, and she finishes the, the anthem, and everybody starts clapping and thanks her for it. <laughs> well, the, the old millet, she starts into verse two. Second verse. Second verse national of the national anthem. anthem. <laughs> Now, what? I, first of all, I'm not aware that there's more verses to the national right, anthem. Right, me okay? neither. So she sings the second verse of the national anthem. 
and I'm sitting out getting worried. And I, I, I think John's near me at this time. I think John, <laughs> I was close. John saw me. <laughs> I was out of sweat popping out of your <laughs> oh, forehead, man. man. And you got the people in the truck, the production truck. You right. Know, you know, they're they're going to come back on air live, and you're still singing the anthem. So she finishes the second verse, and I head that way. Garrett, she starts a third verse. No, third verse. No. <laughs> she thinks she starts singing the third verse of the national anthem, and I am panicked. Now, here's my dilemma. Do I interrupt the national anthem? Right. Do I make her leave the court? I have Tom Penders and his team <laughs> in one tunnel glaring. And if you knew Gene Ivan, people that go back a ways remember right. Gene Ivan. He was not the most pleasant guy. <laughs> in the He's in the Baylor tunnel at Farrell Center looking at out. And the clock's going down to 30 seconds to triple zeros to start the game. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she sings for seven minutes of the national anthem. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> and I am, and I'm wearing, we got the, the TV, national TV, we got the, and I'm going down, and I finally go down to the guy that was there who influenced me to take her, and I go down there, and I'm, I could just, my face is just <laughs> crazy. And he said, isn't she great? Isn't she great? <laughs> and my own response was, get her off the floor. You know, we got the answer. Right. So finally, I mean, I, I we, get her, we get it done, and the teams come out, and they have to reset the clock. They got to reset all the timing, give them three minutes of warming up, and the ultimate was Gene Ibel walking past me at the scores table, <laughs> and I'm looking down. I am not going to look. I am not going to look at Ibel, <laughs> and he just turns and said, "Who's responsible for that?" <laughs> and I didn't say a word. But oh, now man. I then I used to ask, "Are you only going to sing one verse?" Because right. I didn't know there was three verses. Yeah, that's funny. Anthem. Oh man, I can remember that. Oh. I can remember that day. Huge crowd, national yes. TV, everything. Yeah, and it and, couldn't have been too. Different coaches that both of them had oh, their own yeah. temperament. Both not, of them, not, yeah, yeah. And and if it wasn't on national TV, you could get by with it. But you got a TV variable in there with them having very strict timing, right? And, and then not wanting to be on the air when the anthem's being sung. And so <coughs> that was, I mean, it was it was a disaster. That's memorable. All right, here's one more, real quick. Uh, we have our bear mascots. We mm -hmm. have Bruiser and Marigold now. Yep. The uh, the birth of that was the Wendy's Bear that you started. The Wendy's Bear, John, I'm going to correct just a little. The Wendy's Bear was there when I got there. Oh, it was. It was okay. there. Okay. And my feeling was, why are we letting Wendy's advertise <laughs> with all of the bear around the stadium <laughs> when they haven't paid me for that right? Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. So that's when you the guy. You sold it to them. The, yeah, who sold They did Nobody sold it to them. No, but when you yeah, realized right. that, you sold it. <clears throat> after, after a year or so of, of them and getting some. I decided we are not going to let that. So there was a guy named Andy Spencer. If oh, you yeah. know Andy I Spencer. Know Andy, yeah. Andy Spencer was the first. And there'll be a lot of discussion over this. And I know Gene Baker's writing a book about it right now. But Andy Spencer was the first Baylor Bear. Right. And we went to Custom Costumes, a lady named Doris Fugit, to get a bear suit, <laughs> a new bear suit. Okay. And she said, and I, and I had no money to pay her for it. Okay. So Andy went with me and we went out there and we designed the bear, the bear suit that basically now is. Yeah. And and she said, well, you know, I said, do you want some trade? Because everything we did back then, yeah. we tried to trade for because we had no cash <laughs> in the promotional budget. So her son ran an oil <coughs> oil exchange oil change business in the front of her store, and so finally we got it to give her a trade for her son's oil change business ah. to get the bear suit. And then the bear suit's been what we've used ever since. Yeah. But, but Andy Spencer was the first bear, and 
you know, John Fletcher to this day gets mad at me for making Wendy's leave. Pay, the, leave yeah, the <laughs> knock Wendy's <laughs> yeah. off the suit. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. And Andy has had a daughter or maybe yes, two, two that at two, right? That yeah. have been mascots. Yes. That's following awesome. him, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we could uh, we could talk for hours. Oh, you, you have so many good stories. You, you need to think about a book. Seriously, Daryl. Mm. All right. Seriously. My wife says the same thing. Okay, good. I, mean, there's, I, I, there's I second that. So you need to think about it, and we wish you the best. Uh, Thank we you. love you. I appreciate the time yeah. that we've worked together and just known each other yeah. personally and professionally, and uh, wish you nothing but the best in retirement. John, it was a pleasure working with you. It was one of my great joys to have you guys around. And you don't do anything like we did without a whole team of people. And uh, people don't understand how good a salesman John Morris was. <laughs> uh, I think that's really an important part of it. And just a good friend, and I appreciate it. And I'm going to miss those those friendships for sure. All right. Well, you come around. You're I welcome will. anytime. Thank you, Dr. D. Daryl Lanus with us. Let's take a break. We'll be back right after this.